0: Hey you guys, good morning. It's Kilowatt. It is 8.11 in the morning and I was just going over the podcast with Batista and LFC and it made me laugh because one of the reasons why I like to record the things that, that happen, why I like to take so many pictures and, and stuff like that is that hindsight is 20, 20 right? So you look back. And you get the overview scope of, like, everything. The lens of perception is just very clear. And when you have the ability to listen to yourself talk with amongst friends, you there's a tendency to recognize patterns. And I interject a lot of my shit with Brent over my friends trying to share themselves with me, and it clouds my ability to see everything and so my focus this week is going to be not Brent and I know that's going to be like super hard for me and I'm sure you guys are like bullshit bitch but it is true I have a friend named Zach that I'm really like super involved with right now um he's gone it's perfect setup because he's he's got to be gone until like November and he's busy with work, and I need something where somebody's very hands off, but still um, communication. And like, I can't, it can't be fast. Like, it's got to be a slow moving process. And that's perfect for him because it's the same deal. And for me, obviously, I'm still getting over Brent. And this is just like a weird time um, <clears throat> where like I can find through these podcasts that I'm still obsessing over it. And that's not healthy. And so I'm I'm going to make myself a promise not to check any social media and to focus on my own shit. Because for a time, there was a period of time where I was doing that. And I was happier. And so mind your own biscuits. It makes the gravy better. or life will be gravy. I think that bitch said that. She had a point. She had a point. Um but this also leads me to another topic that I've been wanting to discuss and I it's probably was triggered by watching a movie um with LSC earlier this week we got to watch that Disney Dalmatian movie Cruella that's a new um Remake that they're doing. And it was a really good movie. It was definitely about a woman accepting who she was and like stepping into her own power. And one of my favorite quotes is when a girl like me makes a promise like that, you don't take her to a place like this. (laughs) And I vibed with that fucking quote because when I promised to love Brent forever and to always be there for him, I never imagined that he would take me to a place like this. Because there's no way that I can follow through with that. Um, I can't keep my promise because the second that you betray me, I'm I, I have to like survive and protect myself. So I've been taken to a place like this. I have to break my promise, and it feels so unnatural because I'm a big I'm big on promises. And so basically when I started through this whole process of recognizing, okay, they've been talking for a while. They've been planning to meet. Okay. She's flying down. Okay. She's staying with him. Okay. And he assured me that she was an acquaintance um, and that I would never hear about her again the second she got on that plane it was bullshit. It was a lie. And so there are five stages of grief um, that Cruella in this movie described. And she said, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And then she introduced, or she said she'd like to amend it to add a sixth, which was revenge. Um, and that made me laugh because the only revenge that I can take at this very moment is just letting go and being happy. That's the only acceptable form of revenge. There's no way on God's green earth I would ever give anyone a purpose to be afraid of me like I'd never harm another human at this point it's just like I'm just trying to get through this time like I think if anybody understood what what being left felt like um just surviving and getting through it and and accepting the betrayal and the hurt is something that takes time. (laughs) Like, it's annoying for my listeners. It's annoying for my friends and my family, my mom especially, who had the audacity to tell me to just get over it. Um, But it's different for me because it was something that was taken. And if it hasn't happened to you, then shut the fuck up. Okay, that's it. That's all I have to say about that. Um. after I watched Cruella I was watching Mulan and excuse me please drink something I'm going to drink something so, I'll be just the same I was watching Mulan and I always associate Portland like PDX as the phoenix because our motto is rise up so we have the Trailblazers is our thing because of the Oregon Trail, obviously, which is a weird connotation considering it was like genocide of my people. But, um, I associate it with the Phoenix because of their motto, Rise Up, right? And in Mulan, their family um, mascot basically, like ours is the Killer Whale Eagle Clan. Um, In Milan's family, it was the phoenix, and it was her father that described to her what their family (laughs) mascot, and I know I'm saying mascot, but it was, like, way more eloquent, like, it was, there there was a way better word, and I'm not, I'm butchering it right now, but um, we're just gonna go with mascot, because that's the only way I know how to describe it, and he was explaining to her why. He says, uh, so you have a broken wing and you're consumed by the flames, but the Phoenix braves true. She can survive the wing because she has that warrior chi and she has followed you into battle before. She will follow you now. There is no courage without fear. Be loyal, brave, and true. And that was so like beautiful that I had to write it down um and I was joking with LFC and Batista yesterday by the way Batista just kind of rolled in and I had already been day drinking and like making TikToks so I have a an apology for my friend James because he's been trying to hang for a while and he just he's gone through a lot of loss and I need to be a better friend and I failed him last night I should have called him to come hang out but I didn't it just was like a random Batista was like what you doing I'm coming over I got beer and I was like cool and then we were going to go grab a drink at the bar with Lisa, and it was going to be fun. Um, and that's probably when I would have texted James, but at that point, I was already, like, in the midst of trying to flow with my podcast ideas. So I'm making TikToks, day drinking, and when Batista came over, um, I think the first couple times they came over in my apartment, you know how, like, you make a new friend, and they come over and they hang... Um, you like clean your house up, you know? But like, then you get to that level of comfort where you're like, fuck, this is me. (laughs) If you're going to be my real fucking friend, like you're going to have to accept the fact that I'm crazy and I have weird shit going on in my house. And so for me specifically, how I do these podcasts is that I will get an idea while I'm doing my hair or my makeup or whatever. And I have these chalk pens. And so I write on my mirror, um, and little segments, like different snippets that I wish to address or quotes that I prefer to incorporate into the podcast to attribute to the lesson. And so it's it's like very, very similar to a movie called The Accountant with Ben Affleck, um, who was on the spectrum, which is another, you know, a fun fact. I'm also on the spectrum. Um, but this guy, he was like, yeah, no, like... I just work better when I can see the things. And so when Batista walked in, I was like, yeah, you got the first couple times, like everything was really pretty, but we're fucking friends now. So you're going to have to accept the fact that I'm autistic and I have my own thought process and how I like to attack things and achieve goals. And when I do that, there's an organization structure necessary in order for me to follow through with the podcast ideas because I don't have this internal monologue that will share this with me. I just say it out loud. Um, and so I write things down on, on, you know, windows, mirrors, anything with a hard surface, my refrigerator, like these can all be er erased. It's not permanent. It's not vandalism. It's just my thought process. And so, I started laughing and I was like, yeah, you're just going to have to get used to the fact that I have like this accountant Ben Affleck type brain where I'm like, I need to see it before I say it. And so this whole thing really led to um, our conversations where I was consistently revisiting things with Brent that had happened and played out. Um, And I think the reason why that is, is that I was denied the closure and the necessary conclusions that I had to draw from 14 years. Like if you're denied any type of closure, if you're not given an apology, there's never going to be an apology. There's never going to be any closure. It's all going to be ghosting because the accountability is just not there. It will never be there. No one's going to say, Hey, we're really sorry that we decided to fuck up your life for our happiness you can have your happiness. Fucking have it, man. Do it. But at least acknowledge that it came at the expense of mine for the moment. Is it going to be long lasting? Absolutely not. I'm going to be happy again. But this is a thing that I need to go through and it's a process. And everybody seems to be so impatient with me. And it's, it's insane. It's insane to me that for some odd reason, we as people are expected to just get better if enough time has passed. Like if you've ever gone through a traumatic event, there's a certain amount of pain that is associated with that event and it can almost develop in a type of PTSD feeling, right? Please excuse me, I'm gonna take a drink. (coughs) And I'll use this as an example. So earlier this week, I watched uh, two of my regular passengers get into a fight. Oh shit, I have to do that report. I just remember. God damn it. Anyway, um, <laughs> hello, AD. Um, I watched two of my passengers get into a fight, which was really weird because they actually have no relation. They don't. One of them's a homeless guy, and the other one is a young kid who's just... he doesn't let people fuck with him. And so, they got into this fight, and the guy was, I look up in my rear view as I'm driving, and I see this guy pummeling, and I immediately come to a slow. Um, he's pummeling my homeless passenger, but he's, like, really going out. Like, he's hitting him like he's, like, hitting a punching bag. Like, it was really bad, and so I, I stopped, And I think the way that I stopped pulled him back a little, like he had to get his bearings on his feet, um, because he had already just totally thrown caution to the wind and forgot that he was on a moving fucking bus. So as soon as I saw what was happening, I slammed on my brakes, but not like enough to throw him, but enough to push him back. And then he immediately grabbed his bag and got off the bus. And then I leaned out and I said, are you okay? What's going on? Like what happened? And he said, I'm okay. Ask him. And then he walked away. And I was just like, What the fuck? So and I looked back and I said, Honey, are you okay? Like what, what just went what just happened? Like and the weird part was this bitch is sitting next to him with her fucking headphones on, looking out the window like she's not even there. And I know, <laughs> There's a level of disassociation that people can possess that is impressive because this bitch is like <laughs> Just another Tuesday. <laughs> she didn't fucking care at all. It was so funny. I was like, oh my God, like, what the fuck? Like, nobody on the bus gave Indian any indication as to what was going on. It was just me, happen chance, looking up to see if, like, cause it's important to gaze and look to see if you know, just do a quick scan, make sure none of your fucking people are up meandering about the cabin because you're breaking, you know, like you want to make sure everybody's holding on. If you can delay it by a second until they get a better footing, then do it. Like you have to be constantly aware. And so I, I glance up in my mirror and then I see this ship playing out and I was like, what the fuck? And so it was very traumatizing. So I went into, um, Clackamas Town Center layover. And it was that moment of a. Uh, so if you have PTSD, there are things that will happen that will trigger you to just react and feel like totally panicked, like everything, like the world is falling down around you because you're living a certain event. And in my life, anytime I get to a place where I'm completely unable to affect or like influence a situation um, physically, like if there's some physical threat, okay? And I cannot protect myself or anyone else. Um, I feel incredibly helpless. And when I feel that particular feeling of helplessness, it sends me into a total panic attack, okay? Like I can't fucking breathe. I lock myself in the bathroom and I just like cry. And then as soon as I get myself back together, I can put my makeup on and walk out the door like everything's fine. But it takes me a minute of just total annihilation meltdown mode before I can do that. And so I was in the middle of that this last week and Gladys walks in. She's one of our um, representatives for ATU 757. And so she walks in and she's one of my coworkers and we fucking talk while I pee in the stall. You know, like, that's how this life is. And best real life is really glamorous. So <laughs> we're sitting there in the stall, and Gladys walks in, and she she goes, is that you? And I said, and I had just pulled myself together, and, and I was really standoffish. And then I knew I had to explain why I was standoffish, because people fucking notice everything, which is really exhausting. And not that she meant to be exhausting. It's just that people notice when I'm having a hard time. And so I know that if I'm being standoffish or skittish, or they usually read me wrong. So I have to explain myself, which is also really exhausting. And she had said, Okay, well, you know, like, what's, is that you? And I was like, Yeah, no, I'm sorry if I'm being weird. I just, um I just watched two of my passengers get in a fight and it, it, triggered my PTSD cuz I've been diagnosed with it I have it and it, if if it ever happens it's it's like this really unnerving event where I like fall apart in the fucking bathroom or I have to collect myself and it's it's hard it sucks when it happens I can feel it coming my chest gets really tight and I can't breathe and I start feeling like I'm going to fucking fall over and faint and it's just not a good thing to have as a bus driver so I collected myself in the bathroom and I was getting it together and I tried to explain, like, you know, it's kind of like a PTSD, fought, you know, trigger thing. And it's clear to me that she did not have that. She's never had that. And she was almost making the assumption that I was drawing from this thing with my passengers that somehow I got PTSD from this incident. No, bitch, no. <laughs> it takes a lot more than that to get me fucking frazzled, okay? That's called throwing a dining room table across the room because there was a soap ring that's called locking myself in the fucking hallway closet with my baby so that I know that I'm going to be safe like that's scary shit and I live that and so that's the PTSD that I get kicked back to when I feel helpless like I can't save anyone or myself or anything and that is what happens inside of my fucking heart when this shit plays out and so I know that that, that both of those guys they don't mean nobody intends to trigger people like that right But it happens. And so just keep in mind that there are people out there that live with PTSD and have really complicated emotions and they're very complicated people. Like, I'm on the spectrum. You would never guess. I'm very good at fucking masking. Um, There's a lot of things, okay? And so they can be triggered. And so please don't judge right away like you know them because there's so much more to this thing than than you're seeing, than you understand. And so for me podcasting offers a release of the pain and the truth that was denied to me not only as a child but as like a a wife and a mother um currently i'm being forced to be the bigger person and it's re-triggering childhood memories of my own basic needs not being met when i was um younger. I mean, I was left in California. I don't even know if my mom was going to send for me truthfully. Um, when I was 16, I got mono, and my mom fucking made me go pick out a prom dress cuz she thought that I was just faking it to sleep and it was like these things happen in your life that are so like innocuous, like they're just like, oh, it's no big deal. Like, oh, your mom just took a little longer getting you from California, but when I got here, my shit wasn't here. She'd sold my shit. Like <laughs> I had one teddy bear, like that's, (laughs) that should tell you a lot of things. And so, um, there's something about being forced to be the bigger person, right? Like, so, okay, yeah, this happened in November, like they got together in February, get over it. But did they really, did they really get together in February or has this been something that like totally overlapped my relationship with Brent and caused me to move out of that house into my own apartment that I was never at um, because somebody else came along? And that is a disrespectful thing to have happened. I mean, it is. The disrespect is there. It happened. No one will acknowledge it. No one will say, yeah, that is what happened. But that's what fucking happened. I can see it in a timeline of messages. Like, it happened. No one will own it. No one will say shit about it. And being forced to be the bigger person is just something that happens um, over the course of time. Because people are tired of hearing about your shit, but they don't understand the process of what you're going through. And I mean, despite the disrespect that's still currently being displayed proudly with selfies of my daughter and saying shit like pouring salt in my sugar won't make me any less sweet. Bitch, I know. I'm sure you're really sweet. I'm sure everybody fucking loves you, but you're certainly not sweet to me. And you certainly have absolutely no regard for my own fucking feelings because you've annihilated them this entire time like the only way that you could come through and bulldoze somebody else's life like that is to dehumanize them which is exactly what you did to me you labeled me a narcissist you came in doctor filled my husband and took my family yet you have the audacity to talk to me about boundaries okay (laughs) clap back bitch let's talk um, yeah, despite disrespect t- still currently being displayed proudly, I'm expected to just go along or get along for the comfort of my children and my family. Um, the implication made from that type of of uh, feeling, that type of rhetoric, like being constantly burned into your brain, just get over it, just go over it, get along to get along, you know, like let it go. Let it flow. Um, implications made like that leave a flavor in your in your palate, and it's that you're not allowed to be a serious or stern or respected individual. You'll you'll only be tolerated um, unless you check all the boxes of of whatever it is that they're looking for in a person. Um, you won't be allowed. You're not allowed to just be messy. You're not allowed to have feelings or have PTSD or be autistic. You just have to constantly meet this mold. And that is never a life that I could ever live. And I thought that when I gave my word to Brent and I made that promise that I could love him forever and he would love me back. But you don't take me to a place like this, this level of disrespect and expect me to be the bigger person. I'm not going to be the bigger person when you completely bombarded my life and blew up my heart like that. You're going to get a messy Kayla for a little while. Um, And so I'm still having to deal with the ramifications of saying no to one woman. When she messaged me and told me to leave him alone, I said no. And then I told her exactly what I thought about her. And now all I do is just constantly take hits from this bitch because it's like, she's obsessed with hurting me. She's already got the guy. She took my guy. She took my fucking family away from me. And then she still has the audacity to just like put it in my face. And it's upsetting and it's unnerving. But I made a promise to myself this morning after listening to the podcast with Batista and LFC that I'm not going to do it anymore. That I'm not going to feed into that and I need to stop for my own personal um because there's this morbid curiosity, this desire, and intense need for closure. But I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get this sorry. It's not coming. And that's okay. I have to accept that this is something that happened. And that there's nothing I can do to change it. And I'm going to stop beating a dead horse. Right? Um, because it's limiting my ability to learn and, like, fall in love again. Um. So I'm glad that I'm talking to Zach because he's kind of a cool guy. I think when I talked with Oren, the red flags were all there. That I just really wanted to be happy. Um, And this guy came along and presented all these things as they seemed to be pretty good. But the number one indication that that guy wasn't a genuine person was when I told him I was autistic. And he was like, yeah, me too. And then, but anyone who's autistic knows, the one thing that you don't fucking say is, well, we're all autistic. And he said that, and I remember thinking, what? Because that's like the, that's the most dismissive statement that people can make to someone who's on the spectrum. Like, oh yeah, no, like you're presenting well, we're all like, you know, we're all autistic. and But that's not true. No, we all, <laughs> we all don't have neuroprocessing center issues like Uh, I struggle to even make a car payment, okay? Um, I doubt that there's the same neuroprocessing issue in every individual. I'm sure there's a lot more that haven't been diagnosed, but no. Not all people are autistic. So when he made that comment, I was like, Oh, you just fucking said what you needed to say so that I would fucking like you. And then I realized I was dealing with someone who was probably narcissistic. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Backing out, backing out way hard. And I was right, because the second that I didn't give him what he wanted, he berated me through a series of text messages and like tried to shame me and make me do something else for him. And I was like, dude, no, bitch, please. I have been here and done that, and I'm not going to do that again. Like, I liked you. And I really saw myself being able to fall in love. But that's because I want to fall in love. That doesn't mean that I want to fall in love with you. And at this point, I'm out. And I was right to do so. And so I do want to fall in love. I want to be happy again. I'm a very committed person. And I do better in relationships. Um, So for me, it's hard to just casually date. I don't think I'm ever going to be good at that. And so this thing with Zach is actually really cool because we've been friends for a really long time and it never really got to that place of like, um, crossing the friendship boundary until the shit with Brent Kila went down and we just started talking a lot more. Um, so, I mean, that's just like a, what do you call it? A rod in the fire, a poker in the fire. I have these, like, stupid analogies that I don't get right. Like, there's a movie called The Boondock Saints, and there's, like, this old bartender. um, And he's always getting these things wrong. Like, he's always like, better make, like, a tree and get the fuck out of here. Like, he (laughs) he doesn't know how to say these things. And I feel so tied to that guy. He's, like, my spirit animal. So, yeah, I'm like an old Irish bartender from the Boondock Saints who doesn't ever get her analogies right. But hopefully you um, took something from what I did here today and I adequately described how I felt about um, the last podcast I did with my friends because it really did, like, illustrate, okay, well, you have some things to address here in this next podcast. Might as well do it this morning while you clean up your house. So I love you guys. I hope today brings you much needed lessons, clarity, and I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. God knows. I love talking to you guys and I'm back. So have a good day. I love you. Bye.